Shalom, alakum, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And that's why we do what we do here. Today we're going to be looking at this week's Torah portion, and it's a lot of reading. And um, if you've been with me for very long, we've been doing Torah portions most weeks. We don't always get to it, but most weeks for three or four years now. Uh, There's actually an article up at scriptureandprophecy.com called, What is the Weekly Torah Portion? If you're new and you're wondering, what is the purpose of doing this? Now, obviously, there's tradition and there's things of that nature. You can read about it at that article. But the main reason is because this is how faith comes. It's by hearing the Word of God. And so, that's what we'll be focusing on this morning and what we focus on every single morning. I'm going to try not to do a whole lot of commentary this morning because there's a decent amount to get through. It's chapter Numbers chapter 8 uh, through basically chapter 12. So here is the portion summary. I'm looking at the name, and but when I look at it in English, I have more trouble reading it than when I look at it in Hebrew. So when I look at it in Hebrew, it's Biha'alotka. Biha'alotka. So here's the portion summary. The third reading from the book of Numbers and the 36th reading from the Torah is called Beha'alotka, a word that literally means when you ascend. And it comes from the first verse of the portion, which could literally be translated as when you ascend the lamps, Numbers 8.2, a reference to the fact that the priests had to step up to clean and light the lamps of the menorah. This portion is jam-packed telling the story of the consecration of the Levites, the first Passover in the wilderness, the silver trumpets, the cloud of glory, the departure from Sinai, the grumbling in the wilderness, and the first Sanhedrin, and the punishment of Miriam. So that is what is on the agenda for this morning. It's packed full. There's a lot happening. And my prayer is that you will be blessed and strengthened through the Word of God this morning. That's enough introduction from me. Let's begin. Numbers chapter 8. I'm going to read from the Hallelujah Scriptures this morning. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to Aaron and say to him, When you put up the lamps... Let the seven lamps give light in front of the lampstand. And Aaron did so, and he put up the lamps to face toward the front of the lampstands, as Jehovah commanded Moshe. And this is the work of the lampstand, beaten work of gold, from its base to its blossom. It is beaten work. According to the pattern which Jehovah had had shown Moshe, so he made the lampstand. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel, and you shall cleanse them. And do this to them, cleanse them, sprinkle water of sin offering on them, and they shall shave all of their body. 
and shall wash their garments and cleanse themselves. And shall take a young bull with its grain offering of fine flour mixed with oil, while you take another young bull as a sin offering. And you shall bring the Levites before the tent of appointment, and you shall assemble the congregation of the children of Israel. And you shall bring the Levites before Jehovah, and the children of Israel shall, shall lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron shall wave the Levites before Jehovah a wave offering from the children of Israel. So shall they be for doing the service of Jehovah. And the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the young bulls, and on one shall be prepared as a sin offering, and in the other a burnt offering to Jehovah to make atonement for the Levites. And you shall have the Levites stand before Aaron and his sons, and then wave them a wave offering to Jehovah. Thus you shall separate the Levites from among the children of Israel, and the Levites shall be mine. Then after that the Levites shall go and do the service in the tent of appointment, when you have cleansed them and waved them as for a wave offering. For they are the given ones, given to me from among the children of Israel. I have taken them for myself instead of all who have opened the womb, the firstborn of all the children of Israel. For all the firstborn among the children of Israel are mine, both man and beast. On the day that I smote the firstborn in the land of Mitzrayim, that is to say Egypt, I could dosh them unto myself. And I have taken the Levites instead of the firstborn of the children of Israel, and I have given the Levites as a gift to Aaron and his sons from among the children of Israel to do the service of the children of Israel in the tent of appointment, and to make atonement for the children of Israel. That there be no plagues among the children of Israel when the children of Israel come near the Kodesh place. Thus, Moshe and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel did to the Levites according to all that Jehovah commanded Moshe concerning the Levites. So the children of Israel did to them. And the Levites cleansed themselves and washed their garments, and Aaron waved them a wave offering before Jehovah, and Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. Then, after that, the Levites went into the door service to do their service in the tent of appointment before Aaron and his sons, as Jehovah commanded Moshe concerning the Levites, so they did to them. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, This applies to the Levites from twenty-five years old and above. Let him come in to active service in the service of the tent of appointment. And at the age of fifty years, they retired from active service of the service and service no more. But they shall attend with their brothers in the tent of appointment to guard the duty. But shall do no service. Thus you shall do to the Levites according to their duties. Chapter 9 And Jehovah spoke to Moshe in the wilderness of Sinai. In the first month of the second year after they had come out of the land of Midstream, saying, Now let the children of Israel perform the Pasach at its appointed time. On the fourteenth day of this month, between the evenings, perform it at its appointed time according to all the laws and right rulings you perform it. 
And Moshe spoke to the children of Israel to perform the Pesach. That is to say, Passover. So they performed the Pesach on the fourteenth day of the first month between the evenings in the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that Jehovah commanded Moshe. So the children of Israel did. But there were men who were defiled for being of a man, so that they were not able to perform the Pesach on the day. So they came before Moshe and Aaron that day. And those men said to him, We are defiled for the being of a man. Why are we withheld from bringing near the offering of Jehovah at its appointed time among the children of Israel? And Moshe said to them, Wait, let me hear what Jehovah commands concerning you. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, When any male of you of, or your generations is unclean for a being, or it is far away on a journey, he shall still perform the Pesach of Jehovah. On the fourteenth day of the second month, between the evenings they perform it, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they eat it. They do not leave of it until morning, and they do not break a bone of it, according to all the laws of the Pesach they perform it. But the man who is clean and is not on a journey, and has failed to perform the Pesach, that same being shall be cut off from among his people. Because he did not bring the offering of Jehovah at its appointed time, that man bears his sin. So please note, basically, the issue is, is occasionally you might become unclean for whatever reason, or you might be on a journey and you're not going to make it back in time for Passover. There's, um, there's an allotment for those people. They can, they can celebrate it, um, a little later. However, there's no excuse in the law for those who have no excuse, right? Like you're not on a journey, you're not unclean, you just decide not to do it. That's what it's talking about when it says that person shall be cut off from the people and they bear sin. Verse 14. And when a stranger sojourns among you, then he shall perform the Pesach of Jehovah. He shall do so according to the law of the Pesach and according to its right ruling. You have one law both for the stranger and the native of the land. And on the day that the Mishkin was raised up, the cloud covered the Mishkin, the tent of witness from evening unto morning. It was above the Mishkin like the appearance of fire. Thus it was continually. The cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tent, after the children of Yisrael would depart. And in the place where the cloud dwelt, there the children of Yisrael would camp. At the command of Jehovah, the children of Israel departed, and at the command of Jehovah, they camped. They remained camped as long as the cloud dwelt above the Mishkan. Even when the cloud lingered many days above the Mishkan, the children of Israel guarded the charge of Jehovah and did not depart. So it was. When the cloud was above the Mishkan a few days, according to the command of Jehovah, they camped, and according to the command of Jehovah, they would depart. And so it was. When the cloud dwelt only from evening unto morning, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, then they departed, whether by day or whether by night. Whenever the cloud was taken up, they departed, whether two days or a month or a year, that the cloud lingered above the Mishkan to dwell upon it. The children of Israel camped and did not depart, but when it was taken up, they departed. 
At the command of Jehovah they camped, and at the command of Jehovah they departed. They guarded the charge of Jehovah. At the command of Jehovah by the hand of Moshe. So please note, they were the children of Israel were literally guided by God. By a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. This would dim, this would tell them when they were to set up camp. This would tell them when they were to depart. They were being led and guided by God Himself day and night. No question about are we in the right place, right? And yet, as we're going to find, they still grumble, still complain, still lack faith. Why? Because this is the human condition, right? Now, we could make excuses for them. Well, they didn't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them like we do because of the finished work of Messiah, the work he did on the cross. But we grumble, we complain, we question whether we're in the right place, questioning God's sovereignty. Are we do- Is this what God really wants me to be doing? Is there- the human condition. And I think the, the story of the, Is- of the Israelites in the wilderness is just a perfect example of that. Literally mana from heaven. They've seen miracles like no other generation of people have ever seen, even up to this day. The splitting of the Red Sea and everything that happened in Egypt and the things that happened in the wilderness and the cloud and the pillar of fire and just the judgments that would come when the ground would open up and swallow people for sin and the Mount Sinai, the trumpets blasting and God's voice thundering down and the mountains on fire and 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 yet, all it takes is a little time to go by, a little adversity, a little struggle, and faith starts to waver. This, again, unfortunately, is the human condition. We're ready for chapter 10. Let's begin. And Jehovah spoke to Moshe, saying, Make two silver trumpets for yourself and make them of beaten work. And you shall use them for the calling of the congregation for breaking camp. And when they blow both of them, the congregation shall meet before you at the door of the tent of appointment. And if they blow one, then the leaders and the heads of the thousands of Yisrael shall gather to you. And when you blow a shout, the camps that lie on the east side shall depart. And when you blow a shout a second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall depart. They blow a shout for them to depart. And when the assembly is to be assembled, you blow, but do not shout. And the sons of Aaron, the Kohanim, blow with the trumpets, and it shall be to you for a law forever throughout your generations. And when you go into battle into your land against the enemy that distresses you, then you shall shout with the trumpets, and you shall be remembered before Jehovah your Elohim, and you shall be saved from your enemies. And in the day of your gladness, and a day, and in your appointed times, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over your peace offerings, and they shall be a remembrance for you before Elohim. I am Jehovah, your Elohim. 
Please note, something tells me that in the millennial kingdom, or even in the eternal kingdom, trumpets are going to be a big thing. Something just tells me. Verse 11. And it came to be on the twentieth day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from above the Mishkin of the witness. And the children of Israel departed, journeying from the wilderness of Sinai. And the cloud dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. Thus they departed at the first time, according to the command of Jehovah by the hand of Moshe. And the banner of the camp of the children of Yehuda departed first according to their divisions, and over their army was Nahashan, son of Abinadab. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Yiskar was Nathanael, son of Suar. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Zubulun was Eliab, son of Helon. And the Mishkan was taken down, and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Moriah departed bearing the Mishkan. And the banner of the camp of Reuben departed according to their divisions. And over their army was Elitzar, son of Shadi'ur. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Shimeon was Shemuel, son of Sir-Shadiah. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Gad was Elisaph, son of Duel. And the Kahithites departed bearing the Mishdash, while the Mishkin was put up before they came. And the banner of the camp of the children of Ephraim departed according to their divisions, and over the army was Elishma, son of Aminhud. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Manasseh was Gamliel, son of Padetzer. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Benjamin was Abidan, son of Gidoni. Then the banner of the camp of the children of Dan, which formed the rear guard of all the camps, departed according to their divisions. And over their army was Ahizer, son of Amishadiah. And over the army of the tribes of the children of Asher was Pagiel, son of Okron. And over the army of the tribe of the children of Naphtali was Ahira, son of Enon. Such was the order of departure of the children of Israel according to their divisions when they departed. And Moshe said to Habab, the son of Ruiel, the Midianite, Moshe's father-in-law, We are departing for the place of which Jehovah said, I give it to you. Come with us, and we shall do good to you, for Jehovah has spoken good concerning Israel. Please note, this is we've talked about this before. We're not going to get into it today. I don't remember the Torah portion where this was brought up first. But <laughs> there's this issue where we're talking about Moses' father-in-law, but Moses' father-in-law is Jethro, but here it's called Ruiel. And, uh, you know, just depending on what commentary you're reading, Jewish commentary, uh, some would debate, well, we're talking about, we're, see, there's no real Hebrew word for grandfather, right? You, you would say the same, you would call your grandfather Av, Ab, just like you would your father. So it's very possible that what we're talking about here is the father of Yethro. But many commentators, rabbis, say, well, Jethro just had several names that he went by. 
And so it could be still talking about that. But anyway, if you heard Uriel, the Midianite, Moshe's father-in-law, and you're like, what I thought his name was Jethro. Well, that's what's going on here. So you'll just have to pick uh, what you think it is. Continuing on, verse 30, and he replied to him, I am not going, but I am going to my own land, to my, to my relatives. Then he said, Please do not leave us, because you know how we are to camp in the wilderness, and you shall be our eyes. And it shall be when you go with us. Then it shall be that whatever good Jehovah does to us, the same shall do to you. By the way, I just got to say this. I don't know about you, but I want to be in such a close relationship with God that his blessing and anointing is just so upon me that the people around me or people in general would want to be wherever I am in my presence because that's where you, where God's blessing is, Jehovah's blessing is. I mean, don't, don't you want to be in that type of relationship with God? That the people around you are like, we're going with that person because God is always with them. Moses is telling his father-in-law or his grandfather-in-law, come with us. And when you do, as a result, you will have Jehovah, creator of the universe, of all things, you will have his blessing upon your life. You will benefit from us being blessed as his children because you're with us. I just think that's powerful and something that we just might really quickly and easily just read over, gloss over, and overlook. I want that to be said about us. Continuing on. And it shall be when you go with us, then it shall be that whatever good Jehovah does to us, the same we shall do to you. So they departed from the mountain of Jehovah on the journey of three days. And the Ark of the Covenant of Jehovah went before them for three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. And the cloud of Jehovah was above them by day when they went out from the camp. And it came to be, whenever the Ark departed, that Moshe said, Rise up, O Jehovah, and let your enemies be scattered, and let those who hate you flee before you. And when it rested, he said, Return, O Jehovah, to the countless thousands of Israel. Chapter 11, but please note before we start, this is why, this is one of the reasons I read from the Hallelujah Scriptures when we do these studies. How many times has God's name been used already through this portion? I mean, I've I've lost count. Dozens. And just like this moment here where Moshe is saying, Rise up, Jehovah. Or he says, Oh, rise up, Jehovah. No, it's rise up, oh, Jehovah. That just has a different power than, Oh, rise up, Lord. Don't you think? And I try not to make a huge deal about it. I, obviously, I read from other versions that use Lord. Most English versions do. Uh, all of I have several uh, Jewish books. Um, 
versions of the Torah, version the Kamash, all these things. They all say Lord. They all say Adonai or Hashem in place of God's name. So this has been going on for thousands of years. But there's just it just rings different. There's just there's a power there when you read it, and and that hits at least it hits me a little different. It's not. Lord, it's God has a personal name. Anyway, let's not get off track here. Chapter 11. And it came to be when the people were complainers, and it was evil in the ears of Jehovah, and Jehovah heard it, and his displeasure burned. And the fire of Jehovah burned among them and consumed those in the outskirts of the camp. Sorry to interrupt. This is important. Lord, help us all. And I got to look in the mirror and just ask, get on my face and ask for forgiveness, even myself. This This is an issue for many of us. I'm certainly guilty of it. There's a you know there's a saying I I'm in a place that I used to pray that I could be in. And this is definitely true for my life. There was a time when I used to pray to and beg God for years to be in the place that I am right now and yet contentment is still an issue. Murmuring about this, murmuring about that, complaining about that. Even if I don't say it verbally, maybe it's in my thoughts. Oh, I can't believe this is how it is. Blah, blah. This is dangerous. Can we just read this verse, first verse again, to see God's attitude towards murmuring and complaining, especially among his own people whom he has blessed significantly. And it came to be when the people were complainers. It was evil in the ears of Jehovah. And Jehovah heard it. And his displeasure burned, and the fire of Jehovah burned among them and consumed those in the outskirts of the camp. Verse 2. And the people cried out to Moshe, and Moshe prayed to Jehovah, and the fire died down. And then he called the name of the place Tabera, because the fire of Jehovah had burned among them. And the mixed multitude who were there in their midst lusted greatly. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who is giving us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate without cost in Mistram, and the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our life is dried up. There is not to look at but this manna. Translation we ate some really good, tasty food when we were slaves in Egypt, and now all we have is this bread from heaven. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Verse 7. Now the manna was like a corander seed, and its appearance like the appearance of bedellum. And the people went about it and gathered it, ground it on millstones and beat it in the mortar and cooked it in a pot and made cakes of it. And its taste was as the taste of cakes baked with oil. 
And when the dew fell on the camp at night, the manna fell on it. And Moshe heard the people weeping throughout their clans, each man at the door of his tent, and the displeasure of Jehovah burned exceedingly. And in the eyes of Moshe, it was evil. So Moshe said to Jehovah, Why have you done evil to your servant? And why have I not found favor in your eyes to put the burden of all these people on me? Was it I who conceived all these people? Was it I who brought them forth? That you should say to me, Carry them in your bosom, and foster children carries a nursing child to let the land which you swore to their fathers. Where am I to get meat to give all these people? For they weep before me, saying, Give us meat to eat. So please note, now Moshe's frustrated. He's like, Did I give birth to these people? Like, how is it that I became responsible for all this multitude of people? Now they're all grumbling to me. <laughs> Verse 14, I am unable to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. And if you're doing this to me, please slay me altogether. If I found favor in your eyes, then let me not see my evil. Then Jehovah said to Moshe, Gather to me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of appointment, and let them stand there with you. And I shall come down and speak to you, and there, and, and there you there, and shall take the ruach that is on you, and put it on them, that they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you do not bear it by yourself alone. Again, please note, see, Mo- Moses, see, the Holy Spirit indwelling us, the Ruach, is available to everyone who trusts in Messiah's finished work on the cross, his death and resurrection, and his atonement. But before that, it was only on select few, like David was anointed. And when he sinned, he even begged God, please don't take your spirit from me. Moses was anointed with the Ruach. But he's complaining, I can't, I can't bear this by myself. So now we have, how many did it say? Seventy? Yes, so seven, now there's going to be seventy other people that will be in positions of leadership within Israel under Moses who will also be anointed with the Spirit so that they will have wisdom to lead the people. Verse 18, And you shall say to the people, Kadesh yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat, because you have wept in the hearing of Jehovah, saying, Who is giving us meat to eat? For it was well with us in Mitzrayim, And Jehovah shall give you meat, and you shall eat. And you're going to eat, not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but for a month of days until it comes out of your nostrils and becomes an abomination to you, because you have rejected Jehovah, who is among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why did we come out of Mitzrayim? Please note, we're almost done with the portion, and I'm almost done interrupting. The worst thing God can say to you is, Have it your way. People are grumbling. We used to eat good. We used to eat meat. God's like, you're going to have meat to the point where it makes you sick. Have it your way. 
verse 21. Moshe said, The people in whose midst I am are six hundred thousand men on foot, and you and you have said, I give them meat to eat for a month of days? Could flocks and herds be slaughtered for them to be sufficient for them, or could all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to be sufficient for them? And Jehovah said to Moshe, Is the arm of Jehovah too short? Now see whether my word meets you or not. Moshe went out and spoke to the people the words of Jehovah, and he gathered the seventy men and the elders of the people and stood them round the tent. And Jehovah came down in a cloud and spoke to him and took the ruach that was upon him and placed the same upon the seventy elders. And it came to be when the ruach rested upon them that they, Nabu, that is to say prophesy, but did not continue. However, two men had remained in the camp. The name of one was Eladad, and the name of the other was Medidad, and the rock rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but did not go out to the tent, and they Nabu in the camp prophesied. And a young man ran and informed Moshe and said, Eldad and Medad Nabu Naba in the camp, and Yehushua, son of Nun, Moshe's assistant, from his youth, answered and said, Moshe, my master, forbid them. And Moshe said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Oh, that all the people of Jehovah were Nabaim, that is to say prophets, and that Jehovah would put his ruach upon them. And Moshe returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Yisrael. And the wind went forth from Jehovah, and it brought quail from the sea. And it let them fall beside the camp about a day's journey. On this side, about a day's journey. And on the other side, all around the camp, and about two ama above the surface of the ground. And the people were up all day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. And he who at least gathered ten omers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. The meat was still between their teeth before it was chewed. And the wrath of Jehovah burned against the people. And Jehovah smote the people with exceeding great plague. Then he called the name of that place Kirbroth, ha Tuah, because they were buried, the people who had lusted. From Kibroth, ha Tuah, the people departed for Hetzeroth. And they were at Hetzeros. Chapter 12, 15 more verses. The judgment of Miriam. Now Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moshe because of the Cushite wife whom he had taken. For he had taken a Cushite wife. And they said, Has Jehovah spoken only through Moshe? Has he not also spoken through us? And Jehovah heard it. So basically, Moses' siblings are getting a little jealous. And the man Moshe was very humble, more than all the men who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly Jehovah said to Moshe and Aaron and Miriam, You three, come out to the tent of appointments. So the three came out. And Jehovah came down the column of a cloud and stood at the door of the tent. And he called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forward. He said, Hear now my words. If your Nabai is of Jehovah, I make myself known to him in a vision. 
and I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moshe. He is trustworthy in all my house. I speak with him mouth to mouth and plainly and not in riddles. And he sees the form of Jehovah. So why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moshe? Please note. What is... God says, when somebody is blessed enough to be anointed with the Spirit, that they are considered a prophet. The way I communicate with them is through visions and dreams. Notice how God always communicates in riddles. It can be frustrating, can't it? This is the way he does it. Jesus was the same, right? Everything was a parable. If you were in his inner circle, he would plainly explain the parable, but otherwise it was, a, it was riddles. Uh, it's frustrating. I don't know why God does this. This is his way. It's almost like he wants those who truly love him and his word to dig and dig and dig and dig and seek with all their heart to find these truths. Anyway, with Moses, it was so different. He's saying, you see how I, you see how I deal with prophets, much less people who aren't prophets. But with Moses, you've seen that I clearly speak to him mouth to mouth. Like, I, I don't speak to him in riddles. I don't speak to him through visions and through dreams. I plainly come down and tell him clearly what's going on. And you dare to speak out against that person who I'm in that intimate of a relationship with. This should be a terrifying moment for Aaron and Miriam. And the displeasure of Jehovah burned against them, and he left. And the cloud turned away from above the tent. And look, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. And Aaron turned toward Miriam, and look, a leper. And Aaron said to Moshe, Oh, my master, please do not hold against us the sin of which we have done foolishly and which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one of the dead coming out of its mother's womb with our flesh half consumed. Two more verses. Here's how it ends. And Moshe cried out to Jehovah saying, Oh, El, please heal her, please. And Jehovah said to Moshe, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days. And after that, let her be readmitted. And Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not depart until Miriam was readmitted. That is, wow, that is where the portion ends. Right now I'm thinking of our conversation we had last week about the casualness, about casual attitude and casualness towards God. We so quickly, you know, we had the benefit of being able to boldly come before the throne of grace. And as a result, we have become arrogant fools and have forgotten just how holy God is. And how he's a consuming fire. 
Now we should just tremble at the idea of coming in his presence. I hope that you've been strengthened and humbled. And I honestly hope that the fear of God is upon you all. And I know that that sounds like a wild thing to say in today's culture. Oh, why would you say that? Because that's what the scriptures teach. And the scriptures teach that if you're even going to begin to have any wisdom at all, it starts with proper fear and reverence for God. May it be so with all of you. Thank you for listening. Please remember to pray for me and my family. And thank you to those of you who are willing to support this mission of truth. And if that's something you're interested in doing, you can go to scriptureandprophecy.com. That's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.